This is So Far So Rare, a podcast about all things so rare. This week, I spoke with Chris Quirk and we talked about loads of stuff, including the Scottish Premiership, the size of the Challenger division, the bug that happened where the cards all disappeared, the dip. We talked about Daily Blind, Classen, and Kenneth Taylor and their supposed insider trading. There was lots to talk about. I hope you enjoy it. Please do subscribe wherever you are and leave us a review. Enjoy the podcast. Chris, aka Quirky, welcome to the podcast. Uh, you've been on the on the the list for a while, and finally you're here. I've heard you before. I've seen you making videos. I've heard you on other podcasts. Welcome to the So Far So Rare podcast. Thanks for having me. Uh, I've seen your face in so many videos, so it, it's nice to go back and forth and sort of get to know each other a bit more. Absolutely, absolutely. That's the plan. We have an hour and a half, an hour and 15, however long this goes on for. Uh, we have lots to talk about today, including the Scottish Premiership, obviously, the size of the Challenger division now. Uh, there was a bit of sort of a, a Houdini of the cards. They all disappeared. Um, are we in a dip? That's a bit of a question I want to talk about. I kind of talked about it last week, but I'll maybe just ask for your opinion, and I won't rehash mine, about whether or not people should be buying cards now or waiting for the new season. I'm getting that in the DMs constantly at the minute. Uh, and then we're you're obviously big into Belgian football. We're going to have a look at that. There was a bit of a drama around Daily Blind and the boys. Um, <laughs> you know what did they do? They bought a player, sold a player, and stuff like this, and, and it, it alerted people to team selections and whatever else. So that that's a bit of drama we're going to discuss. And then we have loads of great questions from the listeners. So, um, Chris, first off, do you want to introduce yourself? You've been on So Rare for over a year now, twenty second of February twenty one. I'm going to call you a Boomer. Um, <laughs> introduce yourself go into as much or little depth as you wish yeah so yeah i'm chris um i i just love so, sort of football and I, i'm a trammy rovers fan so i'm used to a lower league standard of football um trammy have recently come out of sort of non-league and got promoted they got up to as high as you know sort of second division um got relegated by points per game because of covid and everything that happened there didn't get to play our games out um, but I'd love just watching football. Found so rare because I was on some other platforms that were similar, but not. But just because they're about football, everyone sort of couples them in and associates them together. Um, but so rare's so, so rare's really different. Um, but I've, I've seen it all over Twitter, and I thought, okay, this looks like something that I could get interested in. Got onto the Discord, started sort of having a little look around and figuring my way out. And that's where I sort of found Belgian football mostly. Um, the thing that stood out to me about the Belgian football moment mainly was I could get free streams and like loads of different sites would offer different yeah. things. So I could see so much of the games that I was just like, you know what? Like this gives me something to like, I can, I can physically see the players. It's not like in Japan where it's a different schedule. Like it's at like mm. five in the morning, I can't watch. So, yeah, I was just excited by the fact that I can watch all these games and sort of develop my knowledge. Yeah, that, that's the thing with Belgian football. Like, I think what I love is that you've you sort of latched on that a lot of people, they kind of, like, I always think of Hoodwink in this example as well, with his love for Sicilian and the K-League. And 
different people. What I love about Tour Air is people who would never follow a league just going balls deep and loving it. And like that's obviously what's happening with Belgian football. And that, that is the beauty of Tour Rare for whatever for you, for the clubs as well. It brings them diehard fans from around the world that would never have given a shit about them before. You know, um, it's it's amazing. So you've, you've been on for a while. You made a big purchase recently. You were telling me about Vanekin, were you? You've got a nice limited Vanekin there and he is in shit hot form. Yeah, so uh, as you can see there, I've been on for about a year now. And what I'd say is whilst I've made some good moves, I've made a lot of mistakes along the way. I've, I feel like I'm the typical manager. I joined about a year ago, but it, there was the Gary V boom at the time. So cards mm-hmm. were already sort of inflated. But I originally put in £500 sort of all together um, and I built my gallery up. I've taken out £1,500 and then I've got the gallery, which I've got today. Um, so when you consider that that Hans Vanneken Limited would be £500 alone, um, yeah. my gallery is in a good shape. But, you know, there's a lot of things where I look back and I think, you know what, actually, I'm not that good when it comes to the game side necessarily. Uh, I've seen yeah. other people with better results. Um, but, yeah, it's all like the learning curve, I suppose. Here's a side topic for you. Where do you stand on percentage of winning lineups? You know that stat in so rare data. It, what does it come up at? Let me look. Reward winning lineups. Do you give a shit about it? I really don't. No, I don't care. Um, I only I looked a few times to notice, and I was like, okay, cool. But if if it literally come up and said, oh, you've won one percent of the time, but that one percent was an Mbappe, do I care? No. Like from what <laughs> I've put in, I'm happy. I'll take that one big win. Um, that's pretty much what I had. One of the biggest wins was Marmet Tiam, his rare. Um, mm. I won that in a week where there was only few fixtures in Challenger, which was like the Turkish League, and Genk ended up getting suspended those games, and I bet on the fact that it would be suspended. Cool. If, I ent- if I entered that in the correct league, um, I had like a super rare that come into my club at the time, so I was planning to enter it into pro, if I entered mm-hmm. it into that league, I'd have won a star rare over Marm ATM. So when I say, you know, the mistakes along the way, it's great that I won a Marm ATM rare and I could have sold that for like quarter of an ETH at the time. But I missed yeah. out on it. I think it would have been Suchich that I won. That, so, Suchich, yeah, he's doing great at the minute, isn't he? Yeah. So it's those little things that are really, uh, those are the things that it's exciting, but it's like my my passion to sort of learn and want to grow from it and want to try and keep improving. I, I'm like kicking myself that like I didn't pick the right league or that the player didn't, didn't become valid at the time to enter. Yeah. And, and ter- my, my take on that reward when I lineups, I see people referencing it sometimes. I really just don't give a shit because I know that every single week, instead of going to training, I'll stick guys into to all sorts of stuff that they're never going to win. Now, something that i know just to go a bit like sort of self-centered for a minute something i know that i don't do anywhere near enough is win star cards it's actually a disgrace with the gallery my size that i don't win star cards enough i think the last star i won was i mean honestly you're talking like in the last year i haven't won any which is like obscene like and i mean i know like for beginners and stuff they're like oh shut up john i mean you've still won loads of rewards but whenever you look at the size of the gallery it's actually kind of embarrassing. So, like, I need to turn that round. I mean, I've turned out turned out a load of tier ones and tier twos and shit like that. And over the last month or two, I've had a few like sort of sixths and fourths and this type of stuff. No, no, I didn't even get a fourth. I got a sixth in under twenty three rare pro. 
Let me see. What did I get there? I got buy in there, but he wasn't a star. He was a tier one. Bottom line is, I'm not. I'm not winning anywhere near enough um, stars. But in terms of that metric, the the reward winning lineups, I personally don't give a shit because I know that I put in loads of punty ones. You know, just like I'd rather than playing, and I'd rather a, a, a lottery ticket than than training. But um, anyway, side topic that was the. In terms of, do you want to move on or when else to talk about? Uh, so. Yeah, yeah, we can move on to the next topic, I guess. Um, just sort of let it flow and see what else comes up naturally. Cool. So the the big thing this week is the Scottish Premiership onboarded. The only team missing, I believe, was Rangers. I didn't realise it was such a small league. Am I right in saying that, or were there a few teams missing? Uh, I know Rangers are definitely missing. I think it's a fairly small league anyway, isn't it? So I think there's, what, 12 teams? Uh, yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm just double checking that because it sounds wrong. But is it is it only twelve teams? Yeah, it is. So. It's twelve teams. So Rangers are the only ones that aren't actually um, onboarded to so rare because they already had some NFT deal with someone else. Um, which is, I don't know. It's a shame for like the fans. It's a shame. I think a lot of the like prospects and the big players are obviously in Rangers. There's the two, big two, Celtic and Rangers. So it kind of takes out half the big hitters. Not half the big hitters. That that's that's unfair in the rest of the league, and we know how so rare it can be. The the more niche teams or mid table teams can have guys who are world beaters, but Rangers do have some of the biggest and best players, and and that would be in challenger, and and they're not available yet. But I think like this was a long time coming. Maybe the Rangers was the issue. Maybe Rangers was the delay because I, I recorded a video with Hendo probably about a month and a half ago, and I only dropped it yesterday <laughs> because we thought the Scottish Premiership was coming. And then it just seemed to be delayed forever. Um, do you give a shit about Scottish football? Have you bought anyone? Is there anyone you want? Um, I'm not massively into it in terms of like, oh, I follow it and I know which score is going to be good. However, there is some players that like Josh Ginelli doesn't really score at all, doesn't do well whatsoever. But as like a collector's item, I'm going to pick up a limited Josh Ginelli just because when Tramia were in the playoffs run, and we were out in non-league. He scored an amazing goal and sort of, you know, that memory of that day against Ebsfleet United. I'm going to go and pick one up. And I think that's yeah. that's something that people might sleep on with the Scottish League is people who follow like smaller clubs will be aware of some of these players and be like, you know what? I want to jump in and just get them because I like the player. Yeah. I want, yeah, that, that's the thing. Like it's like me with my wee Danny Parejo thing. You know, everyone has their little niche guy who they love and who they want. And like a lot of these guys in Scottish football have probably been around those sort of lower tier English clubs. Um, and there's obviously a, a huge UK contingent on the platform. So maybe we'll see a bit of fandom here. Obviously, like this, I don't know if I need to check if Simply Alex has went balls deep, but I've seen Quinny picking up a unique today. So um, we're seeing some and Hybe and the boys. Uh, I don't know if Hendo, McBride, I'd say they're all shopping like mad. Um getting all excited yeah the, the, they all are i'm seeing that all all over the timeline as well i've got a little group chat that i'm in and they're all saying you know we're looking at these players as well so uh it's exciting it is unfortunate that rangers aren't there though because i feel like with the rivalry that there's gonna be maybe some rangers fans go what we're not we're not even on there like i'm not gonna try but hopefully they stay and they realize that there is some players that are already on there so even though they don't have the license, you know, Fashion Sakala's there, Kamar Roof's there. There's a few players on there. 
Well, Sorare did say that they are excited to hopefully try and get Rangers in the future. Um, I've seen that written somewhere. There was, I've seen like a Discord um, screenshot. So, I mean, they are still confident that maybe they'll get them someday, but there's definitely a sort of pause put on that. Something I will say about the cards is, and I know a big thing I wanted to talk about is whether we're in the dip or not. I would say we are. I don't know if you disagree. Um, but the prices do seem low, even with that in mind. Like, I'm just looking there. Some of these super rares and uniques, I'm starting to think like Jesus wept. I've just, I, this week I bought like an Erling Haaland and an Mbappe limited. And I'm like, for the price of those guys, like I'm looking here at like Quinny picked up a unique 28 year old who starts for Celtic. And I think he's the captain. I don't even know him. Is it McGregor or someone? Yeah. Yeah. McGregor. Callum McGregor, who put up an 81 score not too long ago, a 69, a 59, a unique and I think it was like it was one on auction for like one point eight ETH, like by YNWA, and then he traded him to Quinny. Quinny gave up that one of a hundred Vandevert rookie. But like, I don't know. Some of these prices seem a little bit like they're really low, and I'm like, geez, man, I just spunked my load on limiteds. But like, some of these under twenty three guys, I'm looking thinking they can score as good as anyone else. Could it be the time when I pick up my under twenty three unique? I don't know. I need to find money down the back of a sofa or something because, like, <laughs> I I honestly thought there'd be a little bit more hype because you know there are there is a really strong Scottish contingent. Every every other person who makes content seems to be Scottish, and there's a lot of people who don't. Do you know? Um, yeah. Did, did the prices surprise? Did the prices surprise you at all, or have you not really paid attention? No, to, to be honest, it's not something that I've paid attention to in terms of the Scottish league because it's like, well, there's no one that I really want to go and pick up. Um, personally, mm. um, I did notice like that some of the uniques and super rares. I noticed um, Hybe picked up that super rare for like what was it like a hundred and something pounds? And I was thinking, okay, that seems cheap um, as well. But I think in general, some of the prices that I see, I'm just a bit like, how is that so cheap? Like, I'm mainly focusing on like rare cards and the limiteds, but I noticed Harlan's price and I was thinking he was literally like double that, like not too long ago. Like it's crazy how, how much they've dropped off. Um, it's just player dependent. It is like, as, as well, I suppose, like in terms of launching a league when there's five games left in the season. And I mean, a lot of people, I've I've had a few messages today, people being like, John, like they're going to launch all these cards. I'm going to buy them and have five games. It's a bit of a dip now. They might dip further. What if they launch next season's cards in August? And then there's actually double the supply. Now, I don't think they'll do that. I think they'll space it out a bit. I don't think they would have like two years worth of supply out before the new season. Um, But maybe they would. And it's the uncertainty there, I think, that maybe has a few people hesitating. It's a tough one. But like, I think there's definitely, I'm definitely looking at a few of these guys. There's maybe two or three under 23 guys that I really like the look of. And I'm like, if the uniques of some of these guys are going for a couple of eight, I might pick this super rare up for half a half an eighth or something. Like, yeah, I, I think sometimes when when a new league or clubs onboarded, people do sometimes just like sleep on them, like mm. because you won't necessarily look unless it's something that you're looking for. Um, so we had it with all the Turkish leagues that sort of were newly added. I think people got bargains on some of those players when you look at them. You know, um, I remember Hamshik at one point he was down at like. 0.2 and he was up to 0.6 quite quickly and everything he's back down now after not playing but there were so many of these players that like when a new club's onboarded people are like not necessarily looking completely in depth I don't think 
Um, mm. So it's just being active on that market all the time, isn't it? And you, you're bound to see it. And maybe I suppose that that twelve team system. I don't know how many games they actually play in a season. I don't know enough about the league. I'm assuming they don't just play twenty two games, do they? Do they play each other three times or something? I, I, like, how does that work? Do you know anything about it, or am I? <laughs> no, no. I think I think it splits off from what I'm from what I'm seeing, but I don't know whether that's correct. Um, Need to look at. Oh yeah, well, thirty three matches played so far, so they must play each other. A good few times. <laughs> three, there's a championship times. group. There's a championship group, and then there's a relegation group. I don't know okay. when they split off though, but yeah, it's one of those leagues that's kind of weird, like a lot of these kind of challenger leagues, <laughs> um, which throws up the kind of conversation then about we're looking at challenger. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. It's getting bigger. And as a guy who likes Belgian football. Does it concern you having more big hitters thrown into the mix, more teams? But then the the converse of that is more more cards that can be won. Um, I don't think necessarily more teams is the thing that I'm thinking. I, I my first thought was more awards. I think you you're one of those people, aren't you? You're either you're the first person that's going to be like, oh no, this is going to make challenger harder, or you're going to be like, oh well, there's a chance of more rewards. And the reality is, you should be building good enough teams anyway. And it shouldn't be a week like we've had this week with the Zagreb stacks where people have had one common and they've managed to get a reward with it. Like, that's not how it should be. You should be having a strong team regardless. So for me, it's not necessarily a concern. Um, it is harder in that, like, the lower end cards just feel a bit sort of missed out. But when I was thinking about, like, as one of you know, Maybe you could split it, not so it's like, okay, these leagues and these clubs are Challenger A and Challenger B. Maybe you could split it off with like, okay, this is max one or two per team, and this one is you can have as many as you like. Um, and then you could keep the prize pools somewhat similar that way as well. I don't know whether that's it, something that you've... You, but it's something no, that's so rare of sort of experimented with. Yeah, they've experimented that with the the specialist, isn't it? The kind of max two players, so the capping, the stacking. But I don't know. There's part of me, right? There's there's been talks of this splitting up challenger, and I've heard. I was listening to the So Rare Andrews podcast, and I think they were talking about like, do you go where like you have your Ajaxes and your Sporting Lisbons and your Portos and your Celtics and whoever else is the elite performers in one bracket and then you have the other like the shitter teams like lower halves in the other bracket i don't like that personally i think leagues should be together i think you kind of and i also think that like the dominating teams you don't i don't want my really good guys competing with the really good guys only every week it takes away from the value of them in a respect like i want my really good guys to shit over the other guys do you know what i mean that's why they were bought they were bought because they shit over the crap teams. <laughs> and if people want to go and buy a budget stack that might bang once a season, that's fine. But like, I think it's almost like against what, what's been built so far. If the guys who have spent thousands on an Ajax stack all of a sudden are up against only the... I, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe maybe I'm wrong. But part of me also thinks like, you know, you could just do it east and west, north and south. Or do mm. it based on like the FIFA coefficient or whatever. If if you need to make the league smaller, make it like champion challenger conference or something. You could do it that way. Um, I, I don't know. The, the only thing that I'd say is like, 
it's a really hard one to get right, I guess, to get the reward pool right and keep everyone happy. And we're already struggling in some aspects with the reward pool. So it's like, let's keep it basic and make sure that everything's okay first. And then maybe this is a, 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 solu- a solution we can look at for a later date where we're like, actually, Challenger does need to be split up. For me, I think th- the best way to do it would not necessarily be like splitting up North, East, South, West. If SoRare got mainstream as it plans to be, maybe it's just each division, each league. Uh, mm. Has their own retrospective one because then you then you've got a bit more to play with. Yeah, so you just have like the Belgian league, but then you're only winning Belgians with Belgians, which is fine. But maybe people want the the chance at winning. Does that mean you have to go against the Ajax stack with our Divisi players to try and win Ajax players? Mm. Does that almost yeah. make the problem worse? Do you know where, like in each league, like if you don't have Ajax, you're fucked. <laughs> you know, in that division. Now, I think they would always have the challenger champion under 23 all-star game modes. And it's what you're suggesting there, what I've heard is definitely, I think, like definitely something that makes sense for the future, like league-specific fantasy football, 100 percent But part of me wonders, like, if you don't have Celtic or Rangers players, why are you like what are your chances in, yeah. in the, the Scottish division? I mean, maybe I don't know the league. I don't know the best teams. Maybe a couple of times a season, Dundee win three 0 and then they're going to challenge it because Celtic and Rangers were playing that week and drew one each and whatever else. I don't know. It's um, but it's definitely a consideration because I think if we go and look at, let me see, if we look at the divisions at the minute, does it tell you? Yeah. So like Champion Europe, there's five competitions covered. Challenger, there's fifteen. So there's three mm-hmm. times as many sort of leagues. I don't know what the prizes are saying. Like if we're looking at champion Europe rare 265, challenger Europe rare 365, like that's a lot, a lot of cards, a lot more teams for not a hell of a lot more rewards on the face yeah. of it. But then there's yeah. smaller divisions. And... I, to, to be honest, I think in the way that it the way that it is now, it it sort of just works as best as you know. We've discussed some possible ways that they could go, and it's still tough there. Um, to, mm. to come out with one that people are going to be like, yeah, let's do that because it sounds right. I think what you just have to understand is, for me personally, people who just go, yeah, I'm going to put out my Ajax stack like because I've got all the money, I can just do it. I don't think that takes necessarily too much skill, but you've skipped that skill element by paying a ton more for your squad. Whereas I might get a lot of cheaper guys who are scoring decently well and they might have a good fixture. And the benefit of having those guys is when I do win a reward, I need to win less to regain what I've put out for the squad, basically. So mm. you know, you, it's it sort of swings and roundabouts, isn't it? You've got to take take the rough of the smooth. And, you know, what people have been doing this season is Beershot have been terrible in the Belgian league. And people have been like, okay, I'm building whoever's playing Beershot, I'm building a stack. So, mm. you know... you. It's a hard one, isn't it? There is opportunities to still win uh, in Challenger. Um, so, yeah, it's a tough one to to find a solution that makes everyone happy. It'll be interesting to see if they action it because, I mean, a lot of people are complaining, you know, and even whenever Celtic, and not when I say Celtic come out, whenever the Scottish Premier League come out, like as exciting as that is, there still were a lot of 
a comments about like oh I, I i retweeted the announcement just said like huge or something i was on the move like oh geez that's great amazing whatever huge fire whatever and mm-hmm. uh, a few people write on it what the size of the challenger division and i'm like <laughs> you you know like it is getting pretty fucking big but um yeah look i think it's exciting more players i think a lot of guys have been waiting for the, the these teams uh oh starfelt i just looked there his two of a hundred went for a pretty penny it wasn't scrimped mm-hmm. on He's actually a monster on the Matrix, though. Um, but we'll move on. Yeah, let's hope Rangers come someday. Um, if anyone wants to sort of consume content around Scottish football, I know Quinny's put out some great stuff. Hendo's there. Um, and I have a couple of videos on my YouTube channel by the time this goes out, sort of prospecting players and who you should look at. We'll go into a wee bit of drama for a second. <laughs> um, cards all disappeared from people's galleries now this is one of those that there's probably not a lot to really talk about but i got a few disgruntled ma- messages worried new managers john i think i've been hacked i've lost all my cards and it was like i was busy yesterday so it was like four hours later i replied and i was like i hope you're all right lad don't worry it's just a bug <laughs> like you know calm your cacks did like that sort of stuff shouldn't really be happening but there's a lot of stuff that shouldn't mm. really be happening with this much money on the line i had to have to say i had a wee panic because i think i won uh and the pamacano limited at auction and okay. went to have a look at my gallery and it was the only card there now the <laughs> only thing that stopped me shitting my cacks was my overview still had my hall of fame yeah, yeah um so i was like oh, okay but like nothing was showing and then i was trying to look for cards and i was doing a wee bit of digging and i couldn't see any and all did you get a panic did you care did you follow it or did it kind of blow over by the time you looked uh i had that slight panic that you had i think um Seeing, I had just bought some players as well because I've uh, built for the specialist league. I needed to pick up a few players, so they were appearing, and I was like, "Wait, where's all my players gone?" And I've got a ton of commons in my club because I just rinsed the common league. There's no chance I'm ever going to win in that, but I'm still trying. Uh, yeah. But but I was like, I was slowly getting my players back, and I was trying to set my lineups for the weekend, and I was just like, "Wait, is this the best keeper that I have? Uh, where's like?" such and such rare because Trossard had been benched or whatnot um, yesterday. So I was like, oh, maybe I need to make sure that he's not playing. So I had that like little panic. But uh, yeah, I I saw the Hall of Fame and I was like, okay, everything's okay. Then I saw the comms come out. But, you know, not everyone's going to see those comms. So I don't know. But the people that aren't going to see the comms are likely not going to be on the website that often either. Mm. So they've probably come back. Everything's fine. But yeah, you know, yeah, the yeah. house is burning down, but they've just been stood there <laughs> like, yeah, I'm fine. So, it, yeah, yeah. It's just one of those little niggly things that add up, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, look, we could sit here and bitch about it all day. I don't understand why that sort of stuff happens. But it happened. It is what it is. I mean, it shouldn't happen. And I think the issue, the broader issue in terms of their comms is that, and they said that the comms is something they really wanted to improve. Remember that snazzy video with Nicholas? Yeah. Like I don't, I don't think Discord's really sufficient. I know you'd like to. Th- I think like there should be. Maybe there was. Maybe I'm being harsh on them, but like for something like that, there should be a wee like notification on so rare itself or a pop up screen when you go to your gallery or something like that. Um, but look, it happened. It's done. Nothing. I, it was just a display bug. But speaking of cards disappearing, <laughs> uh, nice little segue here. Daily Blend and the boys were having a ball. Um, <laughs> Kenneth Taylor seems to have cleared out his gallery apart from one card, which is his player edition. Davy, Cla- I haven't looked at Classen. What was he at? Um, but the story here, in a nutshell, is 
that Daily Blend, maybe, I, I don't know, all I know, Daily Blend's the headline, but Class and Taylor, whoever else maybe were involved, they like sold Onana and brought in Stecklenburg ahead of the game at the weekend. And people can see, obviously, <laughs> yeah. what teams were built beforehand. Now, Stecklenburg didn't even play, did he? Uh, I don't I think it was a cup game. That's what it was. Um, what, what I did notice is some some of the lads in the chat were saying, well, we we knew this was bound to happen anyway because the fans weren't happy after the game before that. And they spoke about it in the press conference, sort of alluding to the fact that Onana won't be playing again. Um, so, yeah, it's just a bit mad that they they were on. I, I think what they thought is they, they've probably just went, you know what, I was about to set my squad for the week. I've got no keeper now. But, you know, we don't know what their intent was, you know. Mm. Um, were they just trying to make a quick book or were they just like, well, actually, I play for Ajax. I know this player's playing. I need the goalkeeper. So I'm going to go out and buy him because uh, I know he's going to start. Yeah. I, th- I think it's more I think it's more likely the latter. I don't think these Ajax players are worried about flipping a quick limited or two or rare Stecklenburg. Like, I really don't think that couple of hundred quid is worth it for them. Do you know, I, I don't think they knew it was wrong in any way, shape, or form because it's not worth it. It's not like it's that big a deal. This isn't like Calvin Ratsy or one of the under-23 guys, Gorder or whoever, getting a call-up and nailed on into the team and his price is going to 5x. And you and we see Daily Blind buy seven of them and list them all to market for hire. Like, that is mad. I, I don't actually know exactly what he did, but I'm assuming it wasn't that bad. All I know here, looking at like Davy Classen's account, he bought a Martin Stecklenburg eight days ago. Um, but I mean, he also bought a Brian Brobby, a Daily Blind, a Kuno, Anthony, a Kenneth Taylor, Davy Classen. He's buying, he's bought a load of his mates over the last few weeks. And like, I, I get the whole side part of it that's like, it's akin to insider trading and stuff. Like, I do mm-hmm. get that. And it is something I've wondered about, like, players playing it because while it's not gambling you know there is that insider knowledge and i think i've always kind of thought that maybe clubs wouldn't like it because of tipping off opposition because of lineup building because of letting people know what's going to happen but like ethically i don't think any of them have overstepped that said i haven't really dug into it but unless you're like buying multiples of someone who's going to go through the roof purposely blatantly to flip and flipping i mean buying a wee keeper because you know he might play and your mate played shite during the week or Onana broke his finger and you're like all right this guy's gonna play and you hear before anyone else and you go in and buy one to use in your so5 like i don't know i don't think it's that bad but obviously journalists are gonna blow shit like that out of proportion and maybe it's not a bad look overall because then where do you draw the line do you know yeah i think what's important to note with this situation specifically is the articles come out from The Athletic, from Joey Derso, who's already made his stance within Sora quite clear. So I think you have to take that into account. Look, he's trying to do the right thing and he's promoting the other side. I'm not going to um, you know, go out, go in on him or anything like that at all because it is a bit of a grey area. But fortunately, because of Sora, the players are, are verified within the game itself. So when you pull up uh, Klaassen or whoever it is, you can click on the name see that they're verified on so rare, you can see their account. And then if you get an offer through, say you add a Stecklenberg and you get a cheap offer and it comes in from Daily Blind, 
and he wants to buy your Stecklenberg, you're going to take a second to pause and go, wait, why does Daily Blind want to buy my Stecklenberg? And then you just mm. go, you know what, reject. Because we have that info as well, as long as we're keeping active you know, on the on the accounts. I think mm. it's more of a club problem. Um, you know, we've seen it with the FPL teams where they've leaked lineups yeah. and things like that. I think it's going to be more of the clubs where they might be upset about what they've done. Um, they might get a little bit of a telling off and maybe they understand the ethics behind it after that. But I don't know. I don't f- think it's been about, you know, creating profit for themselves. If Daily Blind tries to buy your Stecklenburg, say no. If uh, if Genesis says, let me buy your French youngster, say no. And if Chris Cork says, give me your Belgian player, say no. Like that's a rule I have. If it's an account I know and I know that they're better than me, are they no more than me? If Sora Japan comes at me looking to buy a Japanese guy, it's an instant no thanks, do you know? Um, but just looking there, oh, it's going up now. Sorry, I'm just I've got so rare open here. Remember Charlie Adam? He's up, he's down here as oh, Charles. Yeah, Charles. <laughs> he's off the back of a couple of really nice scores, and his card looks like it's going pretty cheap. Now I know he's about 40 million years old, but like he hasn't aged particularly well, has he? <laughs> he hasn't at all L- little charles <laughs> do you know what's terrible though like i mean when i say he hasn't aged well all the guy's done is shaved his head do you know <laughs> play to him. he used to be an absolute wizard remember the he, is he left-footed I, I think i remember him being left-footed did he score from like a halfway line at one stage yeah i believe so uh he's one of those players that you know i live quite near to liverpool but i don't support liverpool i, I i'm not really I, i'm more of a a hate, hateful watcher of Liverpool. Mm. Don't like seeing them do well. Um, I don't like Everton either for that record. I just like Tramia. Um, to all Merseyside <laughs> clubs, I want to see more emphasis focused on Tramia. And when I see Liverpool doing well, my dad supports Liverpool and he always gives me sticks. So Charlie Adam, all I remember is his time in the Premier League. And yeah, um, I wish Liverpool were as bad as they were back then. Yeah, yeah. It kind of, I remember, like, was he around, was he pre, like, uh, Sturridge, Sterling Suarez? Was he pre or, I, like, around then? I think he was similar time. He was, like, Balotelli time, those sort of times mm. as well. Roy Hodgson and all that. But uh, we've already touched on it, but I want to ask you just sort of more abrasive, like, straight to the point. Are we in a dip? Yes. Did you think this dip was projected unexpected or do you think it's a little bit more severe than one might have liked i think it was expected for the most part um just because i was on last year and i know what happened last year it was even worse i mean if you look back through my accounts i remember winning uh engadji rare and i sold that for like 0.025 that's a card that i sold earlier in the season for 0.2 so you know with the influx of new users over this season it's increased, but I feel like it's not dropping to the lows that the, that we were last year. Last year, you could get a ton more bargains. You know, I did a, a quite a bit of shopping in the off season last season. It feels like players that are good, people are just saying, you know what, I'm not selling below this price because I know that he's too good. So I think that's stopping the dip from going crazy. And also with limiteds, I think they would have dipped off more but so rare were quite smart in introducing the specialist league because um, we we sort of had that little break, didn't we? I think it was like an international break and they announced that they were going to do the specialist limited league and these limiteds that were dipping automatically 
went straight back up. So that's where I bought my Vanakin sort of around that time. And um, yeah, the, the sl- they're not really dipping from that stage on because people are like, you know what, actually I might be getting into the limited markets a little bit more now. But um, I think what I've noticed over the past few days is I've been looking at rare goalkeepers. It seems like the rare goalkeepers are starting to go up already. People are trying to be quick on the move with that one. So the the ones that I was seeing that were getting close to 0.1 ETH for the rare, I'm seeing some of them are already, you know, way up there and doubling and stuff. So so goalkeepers are already being looked at. Yeah, I think like, so for me, like if I just talk about the sort of whole grand dip thing, right? Like the only thing I I find it really hard, I went in a bit of a rant on this um, for anyone interested, by the way. Don't make fun of me, Chris, but I've I've got a YouTube members section now and there's a Discord there. But I was chatting to a few guys today for a while. Um, and like a wee voice chat that we have. And we were talking about this dip sort of idea and, and how dips operate and how they work in so rare land and how because we have a limited amount of data and sort of history to go off. And a lot's changed since last time, and a lot could change imminently. Like the Scottish Premier League dropped. You know, like that that happened out of nowhere yeah. yesterday. Like things can happen. So rare can drop the premiership in two weeks, maybe, probably not. More likely if they get it in two, three months, I would say, if they get it. But that could like something that's just a huge example. But even things like the mobile, it's turning on the tap of market and things like this. There's so many little levers behind the scenes that we can't see that can either accelerate the dip or or turn it the opposite way around and we boom. So I think it's hard to pr- project what exactly is going to happen. But I think it's fair to say over the last two to three cycles across the different leagues, the dip in leagues tends to happen, I say, six weeks, six weeks, six to eight weeks before the end of a season. People think they're clever. They get out before the end of the league. And then what you'll inevitably find, and I would back to happen, is that things will start to get healthier again when the league's actually finished because people are saying, well, I'm going to wait till the league finishes then buy back in. But the thing is as well, in terms of like anyone panicking or worrying, now I'm not going to tell anyone like, like go and do your own research. Maybe maybe this is the end and we're all dipping forever and that's that. I don't think that is happening personally because if the only thing I can equate to that has a bit of a history that's relatively similar but still very different is the physical card world. And in the physical sports card world, in the off season there is a dip. There is a there is a dip, and it's a cycle that happens every single year. And it is long. Everyone expects it. It's almost like self fulfilling because everyone knows it's going to happen, so it happens every year. And like, I think anyone three months ago would have said, "Oh yeah, we'll come into the end of the European season, the end of players under twenty three eligibility. There's no European um, championships or anything, or World Cup this summer. You know, it's going to be a long few months." There'll be a dip. It's all about when the dip was happening. No one ever said it wasn't going to happen. So now it's here, baby. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. for me, everyone knew it was going to happen. It's happening. And now people are like, holy shit, it's happening. But it was always uh, going to happen. Yeah. Well, I, I think a large portion of the SoRare users are people who are sim- similar to myself, where they're entering All-Star, they're trying to get the thresholds and sort of grind the way up. The players that they have aren't necessarily players that they want necessarily like i think they're picking up players who are good to grind the eth but not someone where they're like you know what i've paid this amount i'm happy with them long term and i can just sit through with them and that's where my focus is shift more now so it's like i've got my whoop fez rare and it's like that's a card that i'm not really gonna sell he's at a price where i'm like it's too cheap i'm gonna sit on him and he'll be someone that 
I think he's got about a five-year cycle where I can sit on him and I don't have to panic or worry. I know that good things are coming up and I, I can just be a bit more confident in my own players. So again, I, that was something that from speaking with Quinny, he just mentioned by players who, who you have a bit more of an affinity to and ones that you can sit on long-term because as a lower budget user, you're constantly transitioning, trying to build your gallery up. But at the same time, you're not bringing in players that you necessarily like all the time and you're not getting that extra XP bonus, which is massive. So, so yeah, I, I think invest in the ones that you believe in over a certain time, to, to, you know, like a more a more substantial time period because you can see that the, the dip's going to come. Um, but I do think we could see a bit of a, a bit of a boost with European players because um, we have the Nations League that scored that maybe oh, some yeah. people haven't started looking at yet. But that's around like June time, I believe. But there's a lot of teams playing in that, and I believe there's like six fixtures or some. Or is it four? Four game days, four different game days. So I think that'll be a time where people have sold up because it's end of season. I can get out and get in cheaper. And we're going to start to see those prices boom a little bit again. That the Nations League is a huge thing. Someone actually mentioned that to me today, and here I am talking about no international football in the summer. Um, I think like it is one of those in terms of like it goes on to this question. I'm going to ask you this straight to the point as well, and then I'm going to come back and give you a bit of a spiel. I'm getting asked this every day. We talked about it last week in the podcast. I might have even already asked you this, but I'm going to ask you it again. And perhaps <laughs> tell me to shut up. Um, do you buy cards now or wait for the new season cards? I think you buy cards that you like now if they're at the right price. It just depends on the context. If they're, if they're going to be used now and you're going to use them in the future, just buy them. It's, it saves you the problem. Um, you don't want to be someone where you're like, I wish I'd have bought him. We're going to have a lot of things happening over the transfer rumours. So if there is a player where you're like, no, I don't like that price, hold your money and opportunities will arise and then pick the ones that you do like. There'll be plenty of opportunities to get in. So, yeah, because I'm not going to go off on my spiel. I'm not going to go off <laughs> my spiel, but I do think it's very league dependent, player dependent. But I, the reason I bring that up is because you were talking about like buying those players that you have an affinity to that you'll hold for longer. And it just brings me, makes me think about like the million different strategies there are on So Rare. And like when I look at my gallery, I do tend to buy guys and sit on them long term. Like there's guys who love the like, trading and in and out and i know the optimal move and i knew it at the time was to sell koku like two months ago a month ago because i know now we're getting to that squeaky moment and i know i'm calling it now in a month's time he's going to be 0.9 eighth um whenever i could have sold him a month ago for two eighth and like there's going to be the squeaky bum time the transfer rumors he's going to go somewhere he's not going to be as good a player or dominant scoring wise and da, 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 da. but like i just like i just like to buy i i want him maybe if i'd have spent like two eighth on him I'd, I'd feel different, but I won him when he was like a tier two and just held him. So maybe I feel differently. But my point is there's a million different ways to play it. And for me, it's easy to say, I move for yourself. Let's buy guys that you're happy to play with for a long time. Because I always say like, just get the oldest version of the card with the most XP you can get, get leveling it up, get a training. And next time the XP is reset, you're already in the position that you're ahead. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. Whenever everyone buys these new season cards now, whenever next season they lose the 5%, your guy from last, last season that you've already leveled up to level 18 is a plus 9% card, whereas they might be rocking a plus 4%, plus 5%. Then all the new cards have 5%. You're 4% ahead of everyone. 
you know, everyone. So like, I'm always like, buy the oldest version of the card with the most XP and just get it moving. But I know there are people who do play it. it, it it's a different strategy completely when people are playing this game, in particular now with like underdog leagues and specialist leagues where they're kind of building teams for one week, or you mentioned target and beer shot, you know, building teams for one week, for two weeks, it's different because that XP matters for that week or for that month or for mm. that six week fixture period that people buy for now. And I find it hard. Maybe I'm just the wrong person to give any sort of advice or maybe answer the question because I just think so differently. I, I love the collectability personally. That's my own bias. I love the older cards. I love holding guys longer term. So like, I don't know, maybe I need to get some flipper, some like you know, <laughs> flipper crazy bastard on the podcast. If anyone knows anyone hit us up, <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm going to hit you with a, is there anything else on that? Uh, no, no, no. We can move forward. There's two things I want to do. One thing was a bit of speculation, right? I just thought this okay. was an interesting little piece. Again, on that, that Discord today, I was chatting with a couple of guys, and we kind of went down this wee rabbit hole of talking, and I came up with a play. I've got a play, right? The play is this, and it's the most glaringly obvious thing in the world that might never come to fruition, but I'm going to call it now. Do your own research. Um, <laughs> I'm, so rare have confirmed two major American sports are coming. Okay? Yep. What are Americans known for? Eggnog and bagels no uh they're known for like they're big collectors they love sports cards like it, it, that's that's the card collecting hub of the world you know americans they love their collectability so they're going to come in because they love their basketball baseball nfl whatever they're going to dabble in they're so rare they're going to get all into it i think in those markets we see a much more collectible nature on the cards um akin to the physical world i think the baseball you're one of i always use steph curry you could even be retiring i don't know but you're one <laughs> of a thousand steph curry i think has a higher premium than you're one of a thousand maybe not actually because he is like a like or like lebron james i don't know i just think there's more collectability there is the is the crux of the matter right so what i think is all these guys come in in their in their droves like hundreds of thousands of them come in to play these american sports and then they say, oh, my God, this is so rare, man. It has, like, <laughs> soccer. And then they go, you know what I'm going to do? I want to get involved in soccer. And they look it up and they go, Hans Vanekin, dude, cool. And they go and they buy Hans Vanekin. I hope Emily's in the background here. <laughs> um, they buy Hans Vanekin, right? And they're like, oh, cool. I can use my Hans Vanekin in my, like, sports all-star. Cool. And they're all playing together, right? And then they go, you know, it'd be really rad, man, if we buy... <laughs> I'm sorry to every American listening. I'm purposely being terrible. Um, they're going to go and they're going to buy their little sweethearts for um, World Cups and international football. They're going to go and buy their Weston McKinney's. They're going to buy their Pulisic's if he's licensed. They're going to buy their Tyler Adams, their George Bellows, their Ricardo Pepe's. So the play and the call is now, if you want a passive game, if you don't want to play SO5, and if you just want to buy guys and sit on them and sell them in a year's time, Stock up on young MLS, young, young Americans. <laughs> I'm calling it. It's a play. It makes all the sense in the world. Yeah, I, I think that play does make sense. Uh, again, it's not a league I follow, but it does make a lot of sense to just be like, you know what? Who are the best Americans? Let's go on them. I think it will just be the American cards. I, I can't really see them coming over and being like, yeah, I'm going to get my hands vanicking. Okay. <laughs> I, I can't see it. I can't see it. Um, it'll dude, just be I the Americans. Leo Messi, man. <laughs> <laughs> I could see it on on bigger players like that. Like, like when you bought your Ronaldo, like the you know when there was a boom last time, and 
or there was a dip last time and you picked up the Ronaldo. I think those sorts of moves, they're going to go for the top players that they know. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, the, the ones with collectability. Yeah, yeah, I like I like that play a lot. So, yeah, we're calling it. Brad <laughs> Guzan isn't out of the running yet. Go and pick him up. <laughs> Speedy recovery, Brad. Um, I hope that's actually, that's actually another lesson, another weekly lesson that a player's price can die overnight um but yeah i'm thinking like i don't know i, I don't have i keep spending money on stuff that i shouldn't spend money on like limiteds i should be going buying uniques and I should be trying to advance the gallery up into like and competing super rare divisions and whatever else and i know that's what i should do but part of me just wants to degen in and buy 10 ricardo peppies and sell them to a bunch of yanks in a year's time i don't well, know I've heard you on other podcasts where you talked about a certain Ajax player that you wish you picked up a few of. So I'd just say trust your intuition and actually execute on it this time. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I will. If there's any Americans listening, which I know there are because we have the data, let me know. Like, well, you're already into football, so maybe you're the wrong person <laughs> to ask. Do you think if you had friends who would come on and play for basketball, would they buy an American? Would they buy a Pulisic for collectability? Or do they just not give a shit? Anyway, there we go. There's my play of the week. Um, right, Chris, straight up no kissing. I want you to tell me who are the top three Belgian youngsters coming through, if you had to pick three. First, I'm going to go with Arthur Tiate, one you'll like. You've got the super rare. Today, he has been linked with AC Milan and Juventus. He's currently playing for Genoa, and it's rumoured to be about £25 million for him. He's still 21, left-footed, so I'm going to go Arthur Tiate as the first one. Is he not? He's a Bologna, is he? Uh, but Bologna is it? Yeah, I get mixed it's up. It's Zinho van Huysden. Yeah, yeah. Van um, Huysden's at Genoa, two. and they're like both the same. Do you know, they're both young Belgian <laughs> centre backs. I used to always mix them up. So whenever you said Genoa, you know, I was like, he's thinking Van Huysden. Yeah, edit that out now. <laughs> <laughs> so first up was Arthur Tiate. I'm over the moon. Keep pumping my young Belgians, please. Uh, number two, I'm going to go Amadou Onana, who's playing for Lille. He's 20, I believe. He's physical, and I believe that the French League is where he is going to make his name for himself. The next, Chouamini. Oh, big call. Big call. Onana, as I tap on my keyboard to go and buy him. <laughs> who's next? Third, I'm going to go with Charles de Quetelaar. That's how you say it, I believe. And okay. he is rumoured with a few clubs, but he's so versatile. He's so well-liked. And I think he's just a really promising talent. He's he's just, he's just he's got the big things coming for him, as long as it's not Leicester, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Ketelaar, or however you want to say it. I think you have it on your on your Twitter, actually. Um, I was creeping. I've I seen, I seen it. But, yeah, that's a name I butcher. But he... I had him a while ago. I, I snagged snagged him off Pavel for like 0.125, robbed him, ended up selling for a 0.6, 0.8, something like that. But it was the transfer that scared me with him. I could just see him going and bench warming or even if he goes to Leicester doing a Pats and Daka type vibe, you know? Um, so, but look, three three really promising young players. Um, will we answer some questions? Let's go for it. Before we do, I've actually just been heartbroken. I had a bit of a, in terms of the midweek, how my teams have been doing, in under-23 rare pro, I had Hakimi with an 82 captain. I had Nico Williams with a 66 super rare. Bruno Gomares with an 82. And then Jonathan David got an appearance and got 29 points, right? 
I'm currently sitting in 20th, 26 get cards, and Donnarumma didn't play for me. The rankings are 99% complete, but I'm afraid here now that I'm going to drop a few places to like Ferran Torres or like, you know, like there's a couple of games on tonight. Yeah. And then I have another one, which is kind of heartbreaking, where an all-star rare pro at Nuble with a 60, Bubakar Kamara with like a 90, Trent with a 56, Parejo with a 65, and then have Depay, who's a substitute, (laughs) 40 points off for a ward. I need him to come off the bench and grab a goal. If he does that, I'm on for a tier two and potentially even a tier one card. Um, so fingers crossed, maybe we'll know by the time we're finished recording. Um, okay, so let's go and look at some questions. The most liked question this week is an absolute belter. Um, <laughs> it made me laugh a bit more than it should, maybe. A Robo wants to know if you were two inches into white phase and Collins five was two inches into you, <laughs> how fast would you go back and forth? I could just, I could just visualize it. It got me, it tickled me. Uh, to, to be honest, I noticed that one last night and I was like, I, I don't even know where I begin to answer that question. Uh, <laughs> I don't know whether I want to think about that. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm not really sure how to answer that question. But uh, but yeah, I did have a bit of a love for Collins Fry at one point. Uh, Hugo Sakai had moved to Freiburg and Collins Fry had started for Liège. Picked him up quite cheap. I was pumping him. He, had, he did hit some good scores because he went to AFCON and then he got transferred to Saudi Arabia. But uh, but yeah, it, I I still would have made a lot of people a lot of money if they got him when I did. So uh, <laughs> even though I didn't sell at the top, I bought for yeah. like I bought for like less than 0.01 and I sold him for like 0.025. But he peaked at like 0.06, so I was good. I should have just held on, but I didn't have the time to. Yeah. Collins Fye there, the big red X at Doom. Um, yeah, I don't know. He still gets international appearances, does he? Yeah, yeah. Uh, see the two games there against Al- Algeria recently. But anyway, on to the next question. This one, just to give him a shout out, Marco Sullivan, Marco Lely asked a question that we pretty much got into. Saying about what would be the best way for Sora to split up Challenger? And is it worthwhile restructuring all the divisions to so that teams are separated in divisions based on their L15 score? So that kind of goes back to me saying about like having all the good teams in one pool and all the shitter teams in another and like i don't know part of me even though i kind of was kind of against it in a big way there part of me does think that it is exciting to know that if with your really good players if they do well you can win really good players and you're Mm -hmm. not going to get some like dodgy austrian mid-table guy who happens to shoot 60s each week but then i don't know no no i think if i had to have a stance i would not like all the best teams to be in one division and all the worst teams to be in another division I'd like it to be geographical so that there are meta teams. Yeah. Maybe you bring in stacking laws. I don't know. I, th- Do I, think, to throw in? I think maybe just stacking laws is the only way that I'd add. Um, if there's some sort of stacking, but I suppose people will just go, you know what, I'm going to have Tadic and whoever, and then I'm going to mm-hmm. go and have, t- you know, a Brugger stack. So it's like, Either way, people are going to find ways around it. But um, I think the specialist leagues and the underdog leagues um, sort of cover like the last 15 score. So at least there's something for those like lower cards. Yeah. Yeah, like the stacking thing, I don't know if it adds up because one of the big arguments here that always comes up is about how like with stacking, it can actually benefit the smaller accounts because they can go and stack a lesser fashionable team. And whenever that team does win 3-0 once a season, they will win cards, you know? Um, and it just means that the rich people can come in and they can buy their 
Tadic, Vanekin, Morioka. They could throw in Jurian Timber, say that's their two Ajax maxed out. And then they throw in like a Diogo Costa or like, I don't know, pick a any over 23 keeper as well. And all of a sudden, there you go in terms of challenger. You have like, it doesn't matter about stacking. You've got an absolute monster team. Monster team. Um, and even I, if you look. I, yeah. Sorry, uh, I've just interrupted. Sorry. Um, no, go for it. The only thing that I did see is some people were saying maybe you could somehow limit it based on value. So, like, your team has got mm. to be worth a certain value. But how do they regulate that and track that? It's really difficult. But yeah, that's the only other, other solution. Yeah. I think like that that you're kind of getting into specialist territory there, aren't you? You're kind of yeah, like, yeah. Kind of like going for the value because I mean, if you're going by value, people are going to have to do the kind of specialist thing where you have a couple of budget guys and whatever else. I really like the specialist vibe, but I mean, I don't know if I'd like you know what to to completely come in and overtake what we currently have in Challenger. I mean. I don't know if anyone out there actually is really passionate on the whole challenger thing. Come and talk to me, reach out because I'd like if someone has a really coherent argument either way, I'd love to actually have someone on who um, is really passionate and like <laughs> wants to fucking you know tell me about it because personally I'm just terrible at it because I'm kind of like oh well there's more rewards so it'll be good fun but like I get that there's a lot more to it than that. Um, Rory Brown says Belgian football is my level and so rare at the moment. Moment I will view this with big interest. Hello, Rory. I hope you're here still. I hope we haven't we haven't bored you yet. Uh, Mike Wagner says, great guest. With the season coming to a close here, your breakout stars for next season. And can you DM them to me before the episode <laughs> is aired? So if you had, let, let's go for three then. We're not looking at just Belgian players now. We're saying for the for the Pro League, three breakout players next season who should, should who should score well on so rare. Um, so I'm going to suggest first, Luca Oyen. He's sort of already broken out this season. I've got him. Yeah. The, on, the only thing I don't like is he's a midfielder card, I believe. Like, if he was a forward card, it'd be brilliant because he wouldn't, like, get penalised on certain scoring matrix as much. I just think he'd score a bit more as a forward. So, yeah, I'd, I'd say Luca Oyen because I believe, like, Theo Bongonda's going to leave and Genk are going to start promoting the youth a bit more. And he's already broke in a little bit. So he's not, like, a full breakout star. But, yeah, I think he'll have a team. I'm looking at because today, again, he's been linked with big clubs. Um, Mandela Keita, I believe he's 19. Uh, he's playing at, like, who is it? It's either Leuven or Zultwagen, one of them. He's been linked with, like, Anderlecht, Brugge, and then he's been linked with teams in Italy as well. He's, like, a defensive mid midfielder who's going to rack up, like, auto-attack score. But if he goes to one of those bigger clubs, he's just going to start to score more points. So, What's yeah. He, uh, Mandela Keita. He's already jumped a bit in price today just from, you know, those sort of uh, rumours that were knocking about and coming out. Yeah, I'm just having a look at him there. I love, do you know what I love? I love it so much. I've become addicted and it's actually bad. I love nabbing a little limited of a guy like this. Do you know? Yeah. When someone's on my podcast and they're pumping away at someone because they believe in him, I'm like, do you know what? Let me grab a wee limited. The cheapest limited on the market here is something like 20 quid. Yeah. I was looking today and I was thinking, I want to buy three, one to keep, two to sort of sell on or maybe keep two. I, I, that's how I wanted to do, but I know I've got other plans coming up, so I've got to be careful with my balance at the moment. But uh, yeah, I was eyeing them up and thinking, I, I'll take three of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm going to send a wee offer there. Do you know what I feel weird about with Limited Zoe? Here's one for you. And I'm buttoning in in the middle of your three players that I've asked for. By all means, give us more, but like... 
the last sale of this guy was like 0.0061 and it was a, a recent kind of peak. And then I would go over and look at them on SoRare and the cheapest one on the market is like 0.0074. So I'm mm. going to offer 0.0065, which is fair. But really, I'm just asking for like two quid off, but that's 10% <laughs> of the value. Like, Yeah, so yeah. Like, it's that constant dilemma in my head of, am I being a stingy bastard or is this what I should be doing? Now, what I think it is, is people are very active in that limited market and they're like, oh, there's no auctions coming up with them now. Oh, no buy nows. I'll I'll just list slightly higher than what I paid, make the little profits and keep them racking up. So keep moving. Yeah. Um, so thirdly, I'm going to go with a player. He's not going to be a breakout star necessarily because he's like 27. However, he's not on the platform yet. He will be next oh. season. He's an absolute joke. Scov Olsen at Brigger. Yeah, I've seen his him. scores are insane. He's a quality player. Like, he's just going to be a joke. Um, if you wanted to throw in another one who's similar to him, not on the platform yet, Victor Fischer at Antwerp. He's not on the platform, but he started the season, picked up a bad injury. Um, but his scores again, and I feel because they're both at top clubs like Brugger and Antwerp, that when a star does break out or, you know, he becomes the next big SO5 scoring player, it helps when they're at one of those big teams because people are like, I'll just jump in. They've got like international games as well. And, you know, they've got Europe. So I'll go with those four. Love it. Love it. And I love those older ones because I think with breakout, like it, it, not necessarily, it doesn't need to be the under 23s. What I love is those players that are like back from injury a guy who has great pedigree and he was off somewhere for a while and no one's really heard from him and he's back. Do you know, those types of players I love because those are where you find a out of nowhere Hans Vanneken. Not that anyone could copy that <laughs> man, but you know what I'm getting at. Um, let me see. Is there any questions you really want to answer before I go picking a few out? Is there any that did you look at these or um, is there I'm, any you want to answer? I've looked at a few and uh, what was the main one that I was looking at? I was looking at the Dino Hottich one. He was asking whether Dino Hottich would be staying and what's my thoughts and things like that. Again, okay. I'm not. I, I'm unable to be like, you know, I don't have any insider info where I'm like, he's going to stay at Circle or, you know, because he's been scoring insane for his price. What I would say is I have seen that there's been links with Italy. Um, there's a user on Twitter who's like a data analyst, scout, uh, Dr. Mukherjee's. Um, Spelt a bit like M U K, whatever. It'll come up, Doctor McCurdy. <laughs> I'm I'm following him, but um, he's been previously like a, a he's worked at Courtright, I believe it was, and then he worked with Standard this season. But Standard had a ton of problems, but he puts out a load of great data. So I would follow his account. Um, he's mentioned in his Discord that he is working for an Italian club. He cannot name which Italian club but he is providing sort of scouting reports and players that they should be looking at. I can't see why you wouldn't suggest Dino Hottage to them. Um, but yeah, he could stay because Circle are a, a well-run club. You know, they, they focus on developing the youth. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised for him to have offers. So um, it's a tough one to answer that one. The only one just came into my head there, Jesper Dalland, he plays at Circle Bruges, doesn't he? Is he yeah, yeah. What's his story? Anything on him? So he's quite promising, quite young. Um, I think what's happened recently is Circle made this like surge when they got the new manager in where they, they've just went on an insane run, almost made the playoffs. Um, 
And what I think has happened is because their position in the table has went up, Opta has placed more like priority of watching their games and being like, oh, that's a tackle, that's an interception. So his scores went up as Circle were playing better and beating these better teams because I guess there was more eyes on it. So, uh, so yeah, it wasn't like they were just like, who are these? They're awful. So I think mm. Opta has been ta- taking note of uh, Circle Bruges. That was Black Flag HQ, just to give him the shout-out that asked the question there on, on Dino Hodic. Um, let's see. Thoughts on the structure of the Jupiter League? The Jupiter League, he calls it, Weston Davis. Like, Do you like the structure? And maybe just give us a quick breakdown for anyone listening who, who doesn't really understand. Yeah, so the br- brief structure is that the teams play each other twice, home and away. Um, then after that period, um, the top eight teams break off into two separate playoffs. So first to fourth, play each other home and away again. And then fifth to eighth, play each other home and away again. Um, so yeah, I, I like the structure because I like tuning into the playoff games. And I also like the playoffs because teams who have like no chance of qualifying for Europe or like topping the individual playoff, that's an opportunity where you do see a lot of them say, you know what, we're going to give our youth players a chance and you start to see them break through. And because it's so easy to watch and accessible, that might be an opportunity for you to see, well, he might not start automatically next season, but that's someone that they're sort of trying to line up to come into the squad. So that's something that I like about it, yeah. Yeah, and as you say, it's like having the, the eye and having a having a wee sconce there, seeing who's kind of on the fringes. As you say, it could be a long game, but they, their their cards could be stupidly low-priced and you know, maybe you see something in them and you back them. So, like, I know what you mean. That's exciting because it's also exciting from a perspective of, like, whenever you've got guys who do have something to play for, I mean, and then you're, they're up against a team that don't have much to play for, you know, they can dick them. Yeah. So, nice uh, it's funny as well because when they go into these playoffs, the original points from the season are halved. So, any lead that you have, isn't really important. So like when you're playing teams near the end of the season, it's not just like, oh yeah, we, we only need a draw to win the league. No, you need to get as many points as you can because mm. three three points becomes one and a half points. And that's the situation that Union St. Juarez are in at the moment where Brugge are chasing them down and they still want to you know say that they won the whole thing. So it's going to be interesting to watch them because I feel like they're going to defend for their lives. So uh so yeah, I the we have a question here from So Rare Teledies. Teledies? It's about that whole uh the Bena Liga, which was the Belgian and Netherlands league, basically where they were gonna combine. Um apparently it's been put in the bin. A couple of the big was it a couple of the big Belgian clubs pulled out or something, is what I've seen there. What were you, were you excited for that? Were you disappointed at the thought of it? Um just talk to me about it. What were your thoughts? Um, no specific thoughts. I didn't really look into it too much because I was just like, I'm focused on this league. Um, when the clubs vetoed it, I was like, okay, I think it makes sense for Belgium themselves and everyone's just trying to look out for their own sort of, mm. their own back. And ultimately, they'll do what's best for the financial pur- purposes, really. I think what might be good to do is maybe have one of the cup competitions or make a new cup competition and have that where the the leagues sort of cross over 
or when we come to this playoff section, rather than have playoff one and playoff two, you know, that's where you split both leagues and mix them, mix and match. But again, it comes into the factor of like, well, what happens to like UEFA rankings for like, you know, qualifying for Europe? Where do the places go? You know, does it have to be that all the places go to a Dutch side if all the Dutch sides win? You know, I don't mm-hmm. think Belgium clubs will like that. But um, but yeah, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because they're just going to vote for what benefits them the most, I think. So it'd be exciting to see them cross over, but maybe we could dip our toe in a little bit. It's one of those, I think, where we've all fallen in love with all these clubs and it'd be a shame to see some of them fall into the abyss of second division or like even if it was like this this league where they played together you know some of the cl- there, w- there wouldn't be space for all the clubs we know and maybe a lot of the guys who we know and love would fall off into the equivalent of second divisions and stuff um and not be scored anymore so i, I have to say when i seen it's not going to happen i was kind of happy because i was like mm. oh yeah okay look normality can continue uh with a few other questions that people put out here one's from nathan this is cd nathan uh, he says, with more leagues and clubs being introduced, what weekly tournaments would you like to see next? I imagine a popular call to counter the dominant European stacks would be Underdog, Champion Challenger, etc. Um, like, I don't know, is there any sort of special weekly type vibes that you've thought of or anything you think they could do or different game modes that could be fun? Um, well, I play Fantasy Premier League quite a lot, so I, I just think about that sort of community and there's millions of them how can you sort of cater to them and use what they do? And there's a large portion of that community who actively try and have the lowest scoring squad. So mm. maybe you could do a special weekly of players or team that has scored the least amount of points, um, but they obviously have to play. Uh, you can't just have DMP. Like they all need to be playing in order for your like squad to be eligible. But let's try and score the lowest possible score. I think that could be an interesting one to throw up or like, you know, five goalkeepers or, you know, get funky with it. You know, maybe mm-hmm. you say, okay, max one star rare, max one tier one or tier threes only and sort of d- uh, divide it by like the tiers that you're setting out. Yeah, I think I think that sort of stuff is so fun and it can't be hard for so rare to, to do that. You know, I'm not saying that needs to be a weekly feature, but it would be fun one week to have it where you all play players if they dmp it's worth 100 points or whatever just to make it like you do not want to dmp they have to be you want guys coming off the bench you're going to have a shitter and like just as a one-off have a bit of fun like that sort of stuff's brilliant and it keeps people guessing keeps a bit of creativity adds a bit of liquidity to the market um and it's fun and if the rewards are good like i don't see the harm in that um there's a million ideas there's a million ideas out there um, I just don't have any of them in my head. Right <laughs> <laughs> a question from Eintracht Bolt says, perfect timing with the rumours of Nicholas Storm. He's actually a player I have as well, so I'd be interested. Is he, he rumours that he's going to standard Liège? Thoughts on the new owners and managers and what they can accomplish next season? So I have actually, I've actually got like Nicholas Raskin, I think, mm-hmm. uh, super rare. So I, I'm interested to hear the kind of rundown there. I know it's quite niche conversation, so we won't dwell too long, but what's the vibe? So the owners of Standard Liège also own Genoa. They're called 777 Partners. And um, yeah, so today it's come out that they're interested in Nicholas Storm. I'm not sure how easy it's going to be to pry him away from Mecklen because his contract, I believe he does have a decent length of contract still there. But it would be a big statement for them to put out 
you know, the first player they bring in is Nicola Storm, and then they build on that by bringing in more. Because if you bring in Storm, then that sort of attracts more players where they're like, you know what, Standard are trying to get back to where they were. Um, and another sort of interesting note is um, the second division of Belgium football next season, four of the, well, the four highest finishing um, youth teams of like Genk, Bruges, all the top teams, the four who finish the highest will also join the second league. So I believe at the moment it's Bruges, Anderlecht and Ghent, I want to say. And it's either Standard or someone else, but Standard could make it in there. But I'm not sure if those are the exact ones, but those uh, sort of like under-19 players will be playing in the second division. So if you're looking for like breakout players as well, they will be playing more in the B League and you'll be able to watch them and see who's going to come through. Cool. Cool. Well, look, I'd love that move to happen. Um I don't know if I'd love it. I don't think it really matters. I think Storm can score well wherever, but I'd like it. I don't know if Raskin, what his story is, but like I always like having a wee bit of a stack going on. Yeah. Um, let's see. River River So Rare says, as a total newbie so far, I've won the square root of the proverbial. I do mm-hmm. quite enjoy winning commons, though. What do you reckon to a common pro with some real rewards? This is actually a conversation I wanted to have. I went on a big rant, I don't know, maybe two months ago at this stage, about the state of the common division. Um what are your thoughts on it? And then I'll I'll, I'll hit, hit you with the rant again. Uh, I like that they have a free-to-play aspect, but to me, it almost seems as if they came out with that at a convenient time. So they were there was sort of murmurs about, you know, is it gambling, is it not? And then it came out with like a free-to-play mode. So they sort of had a bit of a thing to go to where they could say, well, actually, no, we have a free-to-play mode as well. But unfortunately, it's just, we've got that many users now that, you just have your commons clogging up your club. So I, that's why I noticed that all my cards were missing the other day because I've got a ton of commons and they were all disappearing. And I was like, oh, maybe my players will actually position themselves at the front, the rare ones, when they come back, hopefully. But mm-hmm. I'd like to see, as they said, yeah, just have a common for each league. So you you get to grips with Challenger Europe, you get to grips with under 23 and just have a few rewards. It doesn't have to be loads. Just put like, you know, just put a handful, 15 limited cards or whatever. It doesn't matter. You just got to put something up or a merch bundle or a shirt or, you know, use use all the resources that you have because you're making these partnerships with clubs. So, you know, it could be a ticket or, you know, it needs to be a yeah. bit more rewarding. My, my whole rant is, I said it before and I'll say it again, three limited cards for 100,000 people or in and around that is a disgrace it's not and i get the whole counter argument is like last time when i went in this round people were like oh but you know it's free to play you know it's free i mean what more do you want and then there's the other people who are like oh well you know multi-accounting it'll just encourage multi-accounting and bots and stuff and it's like you know what it is there's enough people out there actually grinding away here that i really don't think it's that hard for for that many people there's so many limited cards that wouldn't get minted this year by the way Mm. to have like instead of three i actually don't think 30 every weekend is outlandish to be quite honest 30 limiteds i mean across they don't even they could be tier threes yeah Yeah. one tier two the podiums get tier twos i mean it doesn't matter it's just to have a few more people getting that taste or, or first reward getting on the ladder being able to trade their way up from the gutter i don't know I think it's just even like if you get people signed up, then you know, 
and they're playing with their commons, if they've won the limited, even if they want to cash out, it gets them to go and set up a wallet and work out that process. It, it kind of like there's, I think there's there's something to be gained from giving out really shitty cheap limited rewards, is what yeah. I'm saying. And on top of that, even if it isn't just thirty in the common all star, exactly as you said, the idea I talked about this when I was on that Discord kind of chat chatting away earlier yesterday when I was walking my dog. So I was saying like, yes, have regions, at least make it like a learning curve, at least have like mm. all-star, under 23, champion, challenger, Asian America, have it so that people can learn the regions, have an underdog common league, have a specialist one, get them to learn the structure of building teams, get them to learn, you, you know, I, I don't yeah. get why that's not there. And I get it's not a priority. And it seems that they're super thin, but there's so many easy tap-in wins. Speaking of tap-in wins, here we go. John's favorite rant, mm. achievements in the club shop. Why is there no yeah. Scottish banner? They've just announced a bloody league. <laughs> it's not even like they're like the most beautiful, intricate pieces of artwork in the world. Someone could, my, I'm telling you, the guy who makes my YouTube thumbnails, I'm telling you now, he would slap up a Scottish banner that's quality in five minutes, 10 minutes flat. And I'm sure with a little bit of code and it could be on there. I'm saying like, it's a really small thing. It seems really small. It's so small that people are like, come on, John, the club shop again. Really? Really, mate? Like, we don't give a shit about it. And I get you don't give a shit about it. But in terms of building engagement and building a community and building culture around the platform, these are easy wins. Easiest wins in the world. Easiest wins in the world. And they're not being taken. That's one of my biggest gripes is, like, there's so many easy wins that when cards do go missing, if you've got it set up so you can customize your club and your badge and change it to what you want and it's all bells and whistles... You're not noticing your cards. You're just like, okay, well, I'll customize my club a little bit. I'll change the badge. And what frustrates me is there's so much talent in the So Rare community already out there. I can't believe So Rare themselves haven't reached out to people like So Jiwa and said, do you know what, mate? Can you do some of like our graphics? Can you work on these things for us? Like maybe just like, you know, in Pokemon, when you beat the game and you beat the Elite Four and your team gets like a Hall of Fame like thing, like, that should be like a thing for like when you podium or whatnot. There should be something that comes up or, and as well, I think so rare should have like a, almost like a weekly roundup show, like a Saturday social. There's so many content creators out there that they could have where they say, you know what, we're going to have you host this. Like, I, I think there's something that could really be achieved there, but it's almost as if like, it's almost as if they're like, okay, we'll reach out to content creators that are big already and not, look at ones that are skilled and already passionate about the game and they could grow with the company itself. And that's not to say, you know, these new uh, creators coming in are terrible. I think some of them are great. I love watching them. But I think there's so much talent out there from people who've supported so rare from the start that you could really take something and run with. So, so yeah. Yeah. I think like, yeah, the the grand point here, I suppose, and we're leaving it on a bit of a Debbie Diner, but like... (laughs) I didn't intend it to be this way, but there are just so many easy tap-in wins. And and I get that to people, they aren't the priority. They need to prioritize this. And I understand that in Soria HQ, they aren't just being wankers sitting around eating fucking beautiful, what am I even on about here? Eating lovely lunches every day, lasagnas and coleslaws, you know the type. <laughs> and like just not doing it. And I know they're working their bollocks off. I know they're trying to recruit. I know there's a lag. I know when they're trying to get people through the door. I, I get it all. I just don't see how a company that big go on Fiverr and someone will build you <laughs> banners for 200 quid. 
you know what I mean? Like, yeah. I swear to God, like whatever you say, so GWAP, people like that in the community, there's so many talented artists within the community. People will do that. And all you have to do is probably click upload. Like it, it's really easiest win in the world, easiest win in the world. And there's a million of them. There's so many little ones and they're just overlooked. And it's all those little things. Have you ever heard like marginal gains? You know, Mr. Like yeah, yeah. recycling team guy, marginal yeah. gains. All these little things add up, and there's probably 50 little things. Give me a button that I can permanently tinker commons out of my gallery. Give me that button, please. Just give me it. Not hard. Marginal gains, and they've been overlooked. But anyway, I can't be arse <laughs> ranting anymore. Chris, um, we're going to play the 137 game. Okay. Last week, Harry Trades picked Zakarian, who shot a 58, and Nogami, who shot a 66, for a respectful score of 124. It's actually pretty decent. Um, what two players would you like to pick? I'm gonna go with Hans Van Aken. Oh, big one! And so I'm gonna. Uh, well, I don't know. We'll see. He's in my squad, so hopefully. But I'm gonna pair him up with Sargis Adamian. I don't know whether he's gonna play or time's limited, but I think that might be a good little pairing. I like it. I like it. Adamian, maybe off the bench, get a wee bit of a 10 AA. Vanek yeah. shooting a hundred, something like that. Well, Chris, look, it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, is there anything you'd like to plug or, or mention before we shoot? Uh, well, I think what I'd just like to say is, you know, thank you for having me on. Thank you for the content that you produce, and thank you for the so rare community. Um, I I, th- I think it sort of comes up almost naturally to mention this here, but um, before finding so rare. I was working as a public speaker, something I loved. I was completely passionate about. Um, I was good at it. It was like my dream job, basically. And unfortunately, after being sexually assaulted by a colleague, I decided that I was going to leave that job because the way that it was handled wasn't correct. And if it was in a mm-hmm. different, if it was the other way around, um, it would have been handled differently. And um, I struggled going into lockdown and dealing with that. And uh, I know I've just sort of threw that out there out of nowhere. But um, no, no. But yeah, um, I just want to say thank you to the So Rare community, people that engage with me. Um, it's been a really healthy distraction for me. So, mm. you know, fo- I feel like football writes, you know, stories that, that you know, have yet to be written. And um, I take a lot from it. Um, so, yeah, I just want to thank the community because it's been a real positive distraction. Um, in my life so um yeah i want to thank you and i've thanked i've thanked the so rare team for that as well so even though there's gripes uh i think we've left it on a positive there so thanks for having me yeah. on john well look chris honestly thanks thanks so much for for your honesty on that i mean that that's a that's a big thing to put out there but i mean i think it shows that like particularly within the so rare community like it is a tight community and two people do get a lot from it i think we quite often overlook how much of our lives and how much time we do put into it and how much how close we do all hold it and um how big a passion it really is so look thanks a million for 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 speaking about it like that i mean that that's amazing to get stuff like that out there and, and you know i mean i'm sure there's a lot of people out there who are in positions where you know they they've got a lot of comfort through so rare and um yeah just respect you massively for that for so fair play um but yeah it's quirky on so rare go and give the man a follow and it's at chris underscore quirk on twitter um quirky it's been lovely to meet you thanks a million and good luck in the 137 game good luck everyone this weekend and we'll chat to you soon bye cheerio
that's it for this week's episode thank you so much for listening please do leave a review while you're here there's been some amazing ones recently and you can find me on twitter at john nellis underscore you can find chris at chris underscore quirk and we will hopefully see you next week for another great episode